another episode of the darkest timeline i am joined by lynn hi lynn hi and dina hi hi how's everyone doing tonight good great ready to get miserable let's yes. let's make ourselves miserable i love that <laughs> let's make ourselves miserable <laughs> we're going because, in with the right attitude from the start well because tonight we're discussing emily fix mm-hmm. but we're not discussing like happy Malibu sunset Emily fix where <laughs> we're discussing the sad ones where she does actually pass mm-hmm. die and how Mulder and Scully deal with it. Oh, I just, I just liked how you said how she, and, and she pass or she passes <laughs> dies. <laughs> <laughs> just push that dagger in a little bit more in the heart. Passes is so, um, passive. Passive. Yeah, you're yeah. right. She, yeah, we're, we're like really getting into it with some yeah. of these. Yeah. It's not Iolocus level, which no. we, is something we did discuss, but we haven't, we haven't committed to Iolocus yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the I still need future. to read it. So we, maybe we need to pick that for a, a, a near future episode, yeah. which will force mm-hmm. me to read it. Yes. Because well, I do feel like that's going to be, it's going to be good. But yeah, we, uh, the one thing that I found about these stories is that a lot of them are really short. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have yeah. novel length stories about Emily passing. Which, yeah. Cause there's only so much you can really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. she was only in two, I guess, technically three episodes. Right. So there's only so much you can really do, I guess, with that storyline, unless she lives, of course. But yeah, they, they all, most of them were quite short and all kind of the same themes, of course. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I found as well, that there's a lot of the same themes and ideas and exploration of similar feelings. And not that all the stories were exactly the same because they're all great in their own right. I'm not quite sure where to start. I have, we have a whole list of them. How many did we read? Like eight? I think we can do the order of your doc. That way, at least it's easy to keep track. Okay. (laughs) Yes, that's probably wise. Yeah. All right. So the first one that I have down is, I believe it's pronounced Hickjacet. At least that's what it said on Google. This is written by Aloysia Vergata. It's rated teen, but very graphic. And it's uh, 1,075 words. Now, hickjacet means an epitaph, which for those who don't know, is a phrase or words written in memory of someone who has died. Like I said, this one's really graphic and describes Scully performing autopsies on little girls as Mulder watches. And I found it absolutely gut-wrenching. I don't know about you, ladies. What were your initial impressions, ideas, thoughts on this one? Go ahead, Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean, yes, it's, I'm not going to disagree with you there, but it also, at the same time, it didn't feel like too much to me. It felt okay, like, good. like, I feel like this is kind of how Scully would process this. 
or one way that maybe she would process it. You know, we sure. see throughout all of these different fix, the different ways that people imagine her processing this trauma. Yeah. Uh, but this seemed like true to her character. And so, you know, it made it easier to read. I think for that reason, if that makes any sense at all. Absolutely. And I would agree with you. I can absolutely see her going through these thoughts, this process as she, and she probably does have to autopsy quite a few children in her line of work. Um, I was absolutely astounded at the level of detail in the story. Also, like you think about the gross part of the autopsy, but it talks about undressing the child, taking off the little lace socks, which was mm-hmm. a great detail. It really put yeah. me in there, right? Yes. You can you can definitely. absolutely see little girls with these little lace socks. Well, because your first thought when you think of like an autopsy is an autopsy is just, you know, a body on a table, kind of what you see in like every type of show, right? right. It kind of humanizes it. Not that it's not, I mean, you know, not that it's not, but it makes it more more real. Like you, Mm -hmm. you kind of think of it as, you know, who they were before and not just like the person on the table. Right. That that is a, that was like a, like a a good detail to add in there as weird as that sounds, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like it's it's weird to say that the subject matter and everything, but yeah, it was um, just that little thing in there that just changes it. Yeah. I mean, we're not called dark timeline for nothing. (laughs) So we like those, those little you know, elements of a story that just, I mean, yeah, they're just brutal, but it also feels like honest and, you know, it feels like something that would really happen in that universe. Yeah. I also found this detail really great where she's examining the contents of the girl's stomachs. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminded me of bad blood where she realizes that, um, it's the pizza guy based on the contents of everyone's stomach. Well, these girls were all eating cupcakes with sprinkles, oh um, milky tea <laughs> yeah. and cucumbers. And um, yeah, they were, they were having a tea party. Right. And then, well, and then it leads into this, which absolutely killed me. Mulder would have had tea parties with Emily. She's sure of it. He's good with children relating to their sense of being marginalized and disbelieved. Scully's afraid to let go, afraid to be silly and undisciplined. I just think it's really sweet that she thinks Mulder would be good with kids. I mean, and we kind of did see that, you know, just with his little Mr. Potato face and Mm -hmm. trying to make her smile and like with her specifically. And then there are other instances, I think, with kids too, right? Like when even the Eves in a sense, like (laughs) even though they, you know not the same type of kid as as they tried to poison him but yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I I, like I feel like that that's everyone's headcanon that he would be good with kids and oh absolutely you know and just the love with of his sister and I think that whole situation probably you know makes it even more believable that he would be great with kids yeah there's I guess there's a line that I have in here it's kind of diverging from what we're talking about is that okay Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so I wrote this line down. Scully believes Mulder has ideas that he loves as well and that she is a part of them. He sees a tenderness in her that she does not believe exists. And she is afraid of what may happen between them. Should he ever discover this particular truth? She is aware of her own complicity of resenting his idealization while also striving to live up to it. 
She wants to be worthy of his pedestal. And this kind of reminds me of how we all strive to be better for our partners. Like you make me a better person. You make me want to be this Mm -hmm. version that you see. And even though they're not in a romantic relationship, I mean, we all know that they're there, but um, she's still striving towards that, which I thought was a really sweet touch. She's packed, she's packed a lot of these ideas and these sentiments within this very short story. That sort of reminds me of, um, it's in another one of the fix. I think it was drown where, you know, afterwards she's with Mulder and she's processing everything. And she's like, maybe I just don't deserve to have any of this, you know, like maybe I'm just, you know, my hands are meant for cutting up dead people. Maybe I just don't deserve to have that sort of happy life. Yeah. And you know, she, that's how she views herself. Obviously that's not how he sees her or anyone else sees her, but she just feels that way about herself that like, she just doesn't have that part of her. Well, and especially at at the point that Emily, like the whole, those episodes happen and everything that Scully's been through up until that point, right? Like her dad dying has no, nothing to do with the ex-father and but her dad dying, you know, her being abducted, Melissa dying, um, or being murdered, not really dying, her, um, uh, her cancer, it's all kind of like back to back to back, right? So I'm sure that kind of hits the psyche too, of like, well, maybe I'm not meant to have any, you know, anything good or anything nice or anything when all that that is happening in these past, is Emily season four? Four, five, five, in the past five years, right? Like, you could almost say almost a bit more than what's happened to Mulder, really, because his is all like kind of, past things whereas hers are all like current things happening in right. the same series um so we I are not trying to get into a debate with anyone no, no. about this i just no. want to make that clear no. we're not debating just stating just, facts no yeah. one's trauma trumps the other no. one's trauma i'm just, just they saying they both suffered a lot <laughs> they have both suffered a lot different in different ways mm-hmm. but i think she hasn't had that time to like you know i feel like almost process anything that's that's really interesting. And I know we haven't discussed this yet, but that's what Aya Locus is about her processing where mm-hmm. you're right. Mulder has had a lot of time. He, this mm-hmm. happened to him when he was a, a young man, a boy, and this is happening to her in the series right now. And she doesn't really get a lot of time to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really great point. Yeah. Not debating with anyone. Just no. No, just the no. facts past <laughs> present past present so it's yeah. okay everyone it's okay yeah. <laughs> just want to put that out there i guess this is kind of along the same lines of what Mulder thinks of her i just wrote here it makes me sad to think that if she doesn't shatter from this Mulder will think less of her Th- this is her idea but i just said that she you know she she will deal with this however she, whatever works for her if she deals with it at all but That was just kind of like a last thought that I had on that. Again, these are pretty short and not very plot heavy. So I don't know how much we can in depth, we can go into these, but do you, do either of you have any last thoughts on this particular story? I was just going to say again, I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth a read for anyone who has not read it, obviously dark, but you know, I think that it really rings true to me. Um, as far as the way Scully would be processing this at this point in time. Yeah. The fact that it's just happened. And I mean, everything by Elijah Vergata is amazing. So this is no exception. I was I was going to say too, the, like the, there's like the little part where, in this one where it's 
she goes like Mulder doesn't say Emily's name, but she can see what does she say? Uh, but Scully sees her ghost in his eyes. Right. And then she, she says a thing of like, you know, did he really think that would make this harder that she didn't understand the tragedy of a dead child before Emily melted away. So it's, it, you know, it's just, this isn't something new to her. Like she's, she's a, she does autopsies. It's the same thing over and over again, but then to now add on being worried about how your partner would look at you because of, you know, because of what happened with Emily. And now you have to do an autopsy on a child again. Like it's just little things like that, that are put and and every one of these little fix has something in there that's different and, and mm-hmm. ties it all together and makes you think differently. Like I, I was actually very shocked by that about, you know, with us having so many, nine you said right with, with us having the nine fix nine. yeah like yeah. I'm like okay they're gonna be like repetitive they're gonna be the same but it really is like they all are different they all pull like something that someone else didn't see and put it in that fake and you're like oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> so kind of as a whole you kind of see a whole other picture of, of this arc so yeah that's true all right so let's go to alabaster stone I, I feel bad it's another Aloysia forgot a story <laughs> And this one is 1,278 words. It's rated teen. Uh, and this one begins, oh, this one. This one. Oof. Yeah, this one. Oof. This one, went, yeah. We went from dark to even darker. Oh, yeah. Arguably. Okay. Yeah. Like, just content warning for all the ones that we're, we're reading tonight or discussing tonight. Because this one, yeah, I found it hard heavy. to read. I liked it. I thought, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. And I... It, it they put the story in a way that I never even thought about, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, how could you let those men do that to a little girl? Anyway, um, to be more specific, this one begins with Scully in Emily's hospital room. She's unconscious, and we quickly realize that Scully is there to euthanize Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she justifies it's a lot. It. Yeah, where you're like, oh my God, how could you do that? But she spells it out for you and I don't know I there I just don't know what to say about this one it's fantastic and heartbreaking and what are your thoughts well I don't know of another fic that covers this particular topic mm-hmm. like I think this may be yeah. unique in that way but I mean I buy it you know mm-hmm. when I read mm-hmm. this story I'm like yeah she would do that if she had the opportunity I really think she would have you know like she did not want to see her sitting there suffering any longer than than it was absolutely necessary and as a doctor she knew she understood the situation that there was no way out and you know she even said in the show like even if I could treat her I wouldn't Mm -hmm. so to me this was not such a stretch to think that you know something like this could happen I wonder if that was Aloysia's kind of inspiration for this, that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to say too, right? In, in, in the episode, she technically has a chance to save her. At least that's, you know, with what Mulder said and stuff. But it ju- this is just another thing of like, oh yeah, this could have happened. This could have a, a way for her to take control back, right? Almost is what how I kind of yeah. read it, to control the situation. Whereas... She never knew this happened to her. She never knew that that's this was what was done with her body, and that Emily was created like this for all these specific reasons, and and 
she says in the fic that there's a guy sitting outside or just kind of pacing back and forth Mm -hmm. in front of the door, right? Like making sure she's not going anywhere. It's not a hospital employee, right? (laughs) So, um, and it's not Mulder. So she's assuming it's, you know, someone there ready to take, to take her in a sense again or whatever. But just the detail of how she does it, like the, the way it was written out and kind of just explained how she did it and how she put the monitor, the, the electrodes like onto her chest and, mm-hmm. and up there and they wouldn't see anything. And I could see her doing it. I could, I could see her doing it. I could see her just helping her, you know, in peace in her last moments, kind of have right. some, some peace and just go and not be. To save her from a cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Fate. Yes. It really was. Yeah. And I, I like the, point about her taking back some control over the situation since she literally did not have one tiny little iota of control at all Mm -hmm. during the whole story arc um and this was her way of saying okay I'm not going to stand for this anymore like I'm putting an end to this well and finding all that out in this in these episodes too right of her not being able to have kids and and how that was done to her and uh, yeah it was just these two episodes were just crazy too. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's just a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's happening. Yeah, I also find this one really interesting in terms of Emily doesn't just die, mm-hmm. but Scully obviously helps her die. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other ones that we've read, like you said, Lynn, this was this is the only one that I've read that's like this. And Scully chooses this for her. And it's not an easy choice. It's not like, well, I guess morally maybe, but the actual mm-hmm. act, I don't think is easy for her. And it's just so unique and no less painful mm-hmm. to have to do this to the only child she may ever have at this point in the show. She doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know about mm-hmm. William. She just knows that. She has Emily and Emily is doomed to a fate, you know, at the hand. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if she would have died anyway, but Scully wasn't going to wait around and let the men get their hands on Emily. Why Mm -hmm. why prolong the misery for everyone? Right. Put her through more tests probably, or, you know, kind of become like a lab rat and trying to figure out how to cure what she has and going through all that pain. And then knowing that, like knowing in your head, like say they did get a hold of her and you know now you're like I know my child is out there. I feel like that would almost be worse. You know, knowing that your your kid is out there and is now being subject to who knows what tests. Right. You can't find her and you can't do anything to help her. It's like it's it's like a which is worse. You help her die and you don't have her or they take her and you don't have her and she's in pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Well, this, this line, if you don't mind me reading. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's not too late to leave, not too late to change her mind and wait as she usually does for fate. I'm sorry, for death to steal in so she can inspect the aftermath, but it has already come. She reminds herself and these humming machines are just a stalling tactic. And when it comes for her, she'll go to hell if she has to, but she won't offer Emily up for her own salvation. God will deal with her as he must. Scully imagines her in a room with white walls, like the one she won't let herself remember, going through puberty, having her ova harvested, and remaining all the while in this ghastly condition. She has concluded that a soul capable of leaving a three-year-old to such a fate is not a soul worth worrying about. So Scully won't won't let her go through that. And it's Mm -hmm. something 
I guess because in the show Emily died, I never thought of this like uh, canon divergence where, well, what if she lived? But in this condition, mm-hmm. Scully doesn't get her. No mm-hmm. one gets her. She's just there as a lab rat for these men, which is really a dark thought. Yeah. And so Scully yeah. does what she thinks is morally right. Uh, any last thoughts on this one? I um, I think we, we touched them all. All right. So, so dead children. Huh? Dead children. <laughs> Let's get back to the dead children. Not going okay. to the ice cream truck because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was oh. there. It was a lob. I had to take it. Yeah. 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 You did have to take it. I did. I did. I'm sorry. Okay. So we're so, going in order of your list, right? Yes. The next one that we are discussing is called Drowned by Darla Black, which Lynn mentioned a little bit earlier. That one is rated mature and it's 2,078 words. And this, you know, if you guys haven't read the whole series, I think I it's haven't. called Bearings. You really should. The yeah. whole, so the Drown is part of a larger series. I think it's four parts. Yeah. They're all roughly the same like Mm -hmm. none of them is massively longer so it's something you could finish in a reasonable amount of time do they all pertain to the emily storyline or is it more the scully children being barren it's more the reproductive arc altogether okay Mm -hmm. yes Um, that's much more eloquently put than what i said (laughs) and i think well it is good so i can't i can't okay um but yeah the whole series is just next time you have yeah. some time to read, like I would highly recommend the whole series. It's really well done. And it's sort of a um, between the scenes type of mm-hmm. uh, like all the entire series is a between the scenes type of, of okay. story where it's, if I remember correctly, canon compliant or relatively canon compliant. Um, and it is until the fourth the very end. Okay. The fourth one ends up diverging. Okay. Well, I'm fine with that because it does in my head too. So it's really good. That's okay. <laughs> it does in my head too. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, actually, I, mean, it, I so I don't know. I don't think I, I had read Drown because w- when, you know, I did the whole like kudos thing, I was like, oh, thank you for leaving kudos. I'm like, okay. Um, and then I saw like next continue to next work or whatever, the little tab on the bottom. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was like, the whole the part of the thing so I just I kept reading it and then I got sucked in and I kept re- like yeah. I read all four and I love it, was, that. it was good I love that yeah it was good it's really really good you you should definitely check it out Annie yeah. and I guess except for the end it does fit neatly in between what we see in the show mm-hmm. um and she actually covers the main like touch points of the show and like the main mm-hmm. events that we see and like what happens around that and so this is just one section of that greater story yeah. Um, that touches on the Emily topic. You know, I like the way that it was handled and I like the way we saw her, you know, processing everything um, in the story. And I think it's one of at least a couple that kind of have her dealing with everything in a similar type of way where she's just like, okay, first of all, I need to get out of my brother's house. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I need to get roaring drunk. And third of all, I need Mulder to help me <laughs> through all of this. Mm-hmm. That's um, what we all that's, need. Mm-hmm. That's what we all need. Let's just be honest. Yeah. There's some of those common elements that we see in a few mm-hmm. of the stories. And I mean, but I I'm cool with it. I feel like that's 
a very legitimate way of handling things. Yeah. And it seems appropriate to me. I mean, th- what else can you do? Like, mm-hmm. what else can she even do? Like, she just wants to go home. You know, everything's terrible. She's sitting in her brother's house and he has exactly what she knows she'll never have. And she's just like, I need to get out of here. And and then, though it's not explicitly stated, I feel like maybe Bill, who doesn't understand exactly her situation, I mean, who would? What right, do you mean yeah. you have children, but you've never been pregnant? You know, like this mm-hmm. whole thing. I feel yeah, like no he wouldn't be it. super warm and comforting about it. It would. Yes. He's like, well, you don't have children. This little girl died and I have a baby. And so it, it must be very yeah. hard. You know, I don't yeah. think he would be very compassionate about it. I don't think he'd be mean, just he wouldn't understand the situation. It's not, it's not a common situation. Yeah. Well, and he, he totally wasn't, think so. he wasn't in the episode when it was still, you know, in the beginning when it was still kind of like Melissa's kid, potentially, you know, like, Right. He wasn't open to that either. So, you know, I doubt he'd be open to the fact of her, like you said, her having a kid and she, you know, no one remembers her pregnant and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was like reading all of these fics and then I'm like thinking back to the, the, you know, the episodes, I'm like, like, so rude. Like, you know, (laughs) you you have a kid, you find out you have a kid, she's dying, you find out you can't have children and then now you have to stay at your brother's house with his super pregnant wife who then has a baby and you know, you're stuck being like this baby in your face. I'm like, right. who, who thinks of that pain? Who and they, yeah. who they thinks do of a like- really good job. Darla Black does a really good job yes. of showing that like the just juxtaposition of, um, you know, the death of Emily and the birth of Matthew, the, the funeral mm-hmm. and the christening. Um, and there, I feel like there was something else. Maybe it's in my notes. no, Oh, well, I guess this line, when she woke up, she was an aunt, but no longer a mother. That was, that was so sad to read. Right. And yeah, yeah, she just does such a a good job of showing that Mm -hmm. and how painful that is to Mm -hmm. be constantly reminded of this thing that you can't have. And in the other parts of the fic too. So this one was like season five. The part two was season six. Mm. Part three was seven. And then part eight was the continuation of like season seven. You like what, what happens at the end and then what, you know, potentially season eight and whatever nine could be in those other stories as well. That, that juxtaposition is really showed very well as well. Like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. This could definitely be my, headcanon maybe mm-hmm. it is my headcanon for how things should have gone mm-hmm. in a way oh you mean um, like towards the end of the, the four parts mm-hmm. okay gotcha. yeah oh no I have yeah. to read it yeah it's it's really good I yeah this one though is extra painful and um mm. like I for me the most painful part is when she's kind of melting down in the car with Mulder on the way back to their hotel and she just starts bawling and she says you know, my hands are for dead things, not for babies. Oh, and then she says, "You were right. It's not meant to be." I can't go to brunch and laugh at empty jokes and buy onesies and pretend I don't know what a corpse smells like. Yeah. I felt like a fucking monster in that house, Mulder, like the goddamn angel of death. And I mean, ouch. <laughs> oh, it is ouch. And but... like, it's it. You know, like it's, it, and you have that history of them 
of, of Bill and her dad not understanding why she left being a doctor to go be an FBI agent and do autopsies and like a, you know, a medical examiner and do all that kind of stuff. So she, she already has that in her head. And then now to add on this, a, a dead child, you know, a dead child that you never knew you had, that you never remember having, that you don't, you know, or maybe you remember, but you don't want to acknowledge it in a sense, right? Like with her flashbacks of her abduction and stuff, but like, how do, you know, she must feel like she's cursed yeah because it seems like since her decision to join the FBI it's just been like one terrible thing after another and sort of culminating in this Mm -hmm. whole situation which is just hard to imagine anything more absolutely soul-destroying yeah than losing a child yeah yeah while watching you know your brother bring a child into the world like you know and sister and knowing that you can't have that yeah yeah and then and and having it in your head of like like annie said like do they understand you know do they understand that she'll never have that do they understand that like is it almost like well this is our happy time why are you being miserable like you know like yeah and then even just trying to be like pretend to be happy like some of these fix um, there's, you know, little scenes where she's holding the baby and she's like caressing its face. I can't remember which one it was. Um, and just kind of like smiling at the baby. Right. But it's, it's just, it's still, uh, it still hurts. <laughs> Definitely. Like it's still, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like I know she's trying to find it in her to do the right thing for her brother, you know, to be happy for them, but like, yeah, you can't imagine that any of them understand. I mean, mm. they didn't understand you know, at least the parts we saw in the show of her, you know, running around trying to figure out what's going on and trying to take care of Emily and do the best Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. Her family didn't get it at all. They were like, what the hell is wrong with you? Are you off your rocker? You know, they definitely didn't understand. And then even in the end, like once she dies, I think they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is, this is sad and this is tragic, but also like, you know, how attached could you be to a child that you've only known for like a week? Yeah. And yeah. So you could see, I mean, of course we didn't see them say that, but you could kind no. of maybe envision that. Possibly. For sure. So yeah, on top of everything that's going on, there's also the fact that like, she really doesn't have anyone who totally understands what she's going through and why it's so acutely painful, I guess, except for Mulder. Like he's really the only one who gets it. Yeah. Um, but- to the extent that he can, I guess. Yeah. But the hard part about that, about him being the only one that gets it, he's also the one that kept that from her. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so you have the anger at the whole situation of how Emily came to be and like, you know, finding her only at the end and, you know, all that, but then like at the hearing where she's trying to get, you know, kind of custody or rights to her and her medical care. And then he's like, well, she can't have kids. And, and like finding that out, but knowing he's known for so long and hasn't said anything. So it's like almost like the one person you, you can and know you can turn to and trust at that point in time, you're like, I, I, I don't trust you or I'm angry at you. At least the, the yeah. bare minimum, she's pissed at him, you Absolutely. know, at well, most that's... she's like losing her trust in him. So it's like, it's, it's almost like she's just by herself. She's got to yeah, deal with she's it. Got yeah. Yeah. Um, there's not to jump to another fic, but in one of the, the upcoming ones, 
the Mulder girl when it never rains in Southern California. Oh yeah. Um, you know, they kind of have it out and she's like, if you ever keep anything like that for me again, we're done. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I absolutely get that. I mean, she was royally screwed over by not him, not sharing that information with Mm -hmm. her. And of course, I think probably most people would agree, like his heart was in the right place and he was trying to do the right thing for her, but nonetheless, that was not the right decision. She is entitled to be furious and we didn't really get to see her being furious in the show. Like we got to see her being flustered and upset and shocked, but we never got to see her being like just livid yeah, and raging. And so I like anytime we see her just absolutely, you know, furious about that because yeah. you should be furious about that. Mm-hmm. And I almost wish yeah. we did see it. I really wish you know, we had I really, it, you know? because we know she can get there. Like she got pissed with like, uh, and beyond the sea, right. When, when she goes at him about like Mulder and if he dies and like, so it's like, yeah, hey, she, she has, has her, it in her. She has it in her to be angry. So I really wish we saw her get angry at Mulder because it like. In the show big or thing. in the episode, I'm sorry, in the story. In the, ep- no, no, in the episode too. In the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in the show, we didn't, we saw her react to that, but we never really saw her absolutely furious about it. And I like that, you know, in the Mulder girl fic, she gets really upset with him. And she's just yes. like, if you ever do anything like that again, we're done. And it's kind of gratifying when we come across her, you know, reacting the way yeah. she should have reacted, you know, mm-hmm. like getting angry. Like, I wish we had seen her get angry about that somewhere along the way. Agreed. But yeah, I think she's entitled in a lot of it. these. She's definitely entitled in a lot of these fix. She's more just like falling apart. You know, mm, she's, yeah. she's still just processing the death and isn't quite to the point where she's right. dealing with that other part with, you know, with him, but, but yeah, she, uh, she's certainly entitled to. That's the one thing I wanted to say was that I really like how it's bookended with all these little snippets of what happened before and the episodes that came later. Yes. And yes. I thought that was I very love, cool. I love it puts the you like the in that style. place. Yeah. yeah, it does. And it makes you feel like, oh yeah, this totally could have happened. Like, I know we didn't see every little bit of this, but like it's between the scenes. Yeah. So I really dig that style and it feels like it makes it feel very authentic and like it really neatly fits in between the stuff we did see. Yeah. I liked, I liked that a lot. It really worked for me and it was different than a lot of the other stories that we read in that way, which they're all kind of unique in their own way. And mm. that's this one's signature, right? Okay. So the next one um, is called the pull of the tide by Ms. Starlight 71. And it is explicit (laughs) Uh, in competition for the most explicit but there's one more that's (laughs) also very sexy and it's uh 1307 words um and this one is basically scully coping sexually after the loss of emily there's a lot obviously a lot of uh underlying angst and tragedy but also it's sexy any initial thoughts on this one I thought it was really good. (laughs) I know there's like a running theme here, but you know, this to me, like you could totally see this happening. And I mean, this is a very valid way Mm -hmm. of 
dealing with grief and dealing with trauma. I like that. Um, you know, everyone does it differently, but I think that, you know, it's a very valid and appropriate way of handling things. Um, and so it was interesting to see this angle. You know, we have the her getting roaring drunk angle and we have mm-hmm. the her getting like angry angle and her sort of becoming numb and just tuning everything out angle. We haven't gotten to that fic yet, but it's coming up. Um, and this one is, you know, she's, this is how she's handling it, you know, and I like that she is taking some like control over doing something to try to process and get through this. Mm -hmm. You know, she's just trying to have some sort of agency over the situation and do something that can maybe get her through it. And I like that Mulder is like, wait, what? (laughs) But then he, (laughs) he bucks up and he's like, okay, if this is what you need. Okay. And I mean, what's not to love about that? Well, and the line too, like one of the lines in in the fic is, is fill me up. Right. So that can be taken in so many different ways and so many, you know, you can, that's true. Every reader could take it however they want to take it. For me, it was like, like she feels the emptiness in her of like, she'll never have, you know, a baby there. Like she'll never, she'll never get pregnant. Well, I mean, spoiler alert, she does, but <laughs> <laughs> not sure who hasn't seen it, but just in case. He does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so it's, I, I took it more in that sense than the like literal sex sense of, you know, <laughs> fill me up. And so yeah. it like, everyone can kind of take it however they want to. So for like a short little thing, it packs like a good punch mm-hmm. and a sexy good punch too. <laughs> and I will say, I like your interpretation of that. Fill me up because mm. I also took it to mean more emotionally fill me up. Mm-hmm. But then later on, she gets very specific and says, come in me Mulder, not a suggestion, but a command. <laughs> <laughs> No ambiguity there. No, 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 not on that one. So <laughs> one of them is emotional. The yeah. other is not. Yeah. Not. I mean, yeah. I have to love, and it happens in multiple fix and, you know, in multiple, more than multiple, but like, in a lot of different scenarios, like not even grief specific or Emily specific or whatever, but there's a lot where she's just like, we're doing this now. And it takes him a minute, <laughs> you know, he's like, hang on a second, wait, what? But then, you know, he's like, okay, okay, I'm on board. And that just always makes me chuckle a little bit. Of course he is. Ever um, the gentleman. Ever Aww. the gentleman. He just wants to <laughs> do the right thing for her. Yeah. He just wants to make sure. But we have to check I, in. This isn't the 90s. We have to check in. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, I just, I liked seeing this way of, her handling things mm-hmm. and him supporting her in that way. And it was also interesting because in under a juniper tree, there was a little phrase where they're running together. I know we have, I keep jumping ahead of different fix, but That's they're okay. running together. I can't help myself. And he's kind of hovering over her and like, you know, watching her. And she's like, she's thinking he needs to leave her alone because she knows that she has it within her to take her comfort in his bed and the warmth of his living body. She knows that if she does, she'll leave his sheets cold and empty before he wakes. She'll steal his breath like a cat. So mm-hmm. in that one, she doesn't take any comfort in him. She doesn't let him like physically comfort her, but she knows that she could. And she's yeah. 
steeling herself against that. She's trying to prevent it from happening. Whereas in, she gets it out physically a different way by going for a run. Actually, yeah, that's a very good point. Like the, um, the, all of these fix for being so short and dealing with the same exact subject matter, mm-hmm. all are different. All all have her much like coping a different way, and absolutely, and yeah. him, you know, him him helping her a different way, and so it's yeah, this, there, this is very about like it, it's you know. Like you said, avoidance, anger, um, feelings, or sex, or any like anything like that. Like it's just a way to not have to think about what's going on at that moment, or what has happened yeah. in the past two days, or whatever weeks that it's been. I like that. You know, at the end of this one, he's well. I don't know if he slips, but he says, "I love you." Mm-hmm. He can't help himself. You know, like I don't think that that was planned, but he just couldn't help himself. You know, and. Maybe that was what she needed to hear, at least in this particular story, because mm-hmm. at the end, she, you know, she lets him comfort her. She doesn't run away. And at the end, he says, I've got you. I'm here. And she prays he never lets go. Aww. So that's very you know, helpful. Okay. Here she, yeah, it is hopeful. Like he, she asked for him to comfort her in this specific way and he obliged and it helped her. And now she's, it seems like maybe she's got something to hold on to now to, like help her get through this. Mm-hmm. I like but, that. You know, in real life, meaning in the show, and in like a lot of the other fix, she doesn't allow herself that comfort. Mm-mm. Like she will not. It's that's true. Know, it's just not. She feels like that's some sort of admission of weakness, or maybe she deserves to suffer, or you know, mm-hmm. any number of other reasons. But she's very much like yeah. an island, right? Like it's just kind of her. It's just you know she has to deal with it on her own at least in the show yes right. and yes. and that's the beauty of fic it's you know it, the way things could have been <laughs> or are in your mind and you're like no one can change it yep. that's my canon <laughs> agreed um so let's move on to it never rains in southern california by Mulder girl this one is slightly longer mm-hmm. at 3792 word it's words it's rated g And it's also a little more plot heavy than some of the other stories we've discussed. Uh, Mulder and Scully are due to leave San Diego and Scully says she doesn't want to go to Bill's to say goodbye to everyone, but also she doesn't want to fly back yet. She wants to get drunk so she can, uh, so she can't see straight. And Mulder quickly ensures that they are on the morning flight to Washington and takes Scully to get drunk. And she confronts him about her ova that he's kept a secret, which I've always, always wanted to see. It's just like such a big deal that we never got resolution for. Mm -hmm, So I love it when they deal with it in fic. Yeah. And, you know, just going back to where we uh, wound up before, like she is entitled to be angry. I think so many of us are angry on her behalf and we saw so many different emotions from her when she just, you know, the various times she discovered, you know, what happened, mm-hmm. but furious was never one of them. Right. Yeah. She was every other emotion, but she, we never saw her just absolutely enraged and right. we were robbed. Like, and we should have seen that. It makes me wonder if it's, if it was written like that. Cause even in like the flashbacks, of Mulder telling her about having them stored, you know, and, and, and that kind of stuff, which she didn't know 
mm-hmm. in like during this Emily and and this whole thing. Like I'm wondering if it's because oh well we've committed to her character being this stoic, almost cold, you know, um, person that just kind of deals with things on on her own and and internally and doesn't you know act them out or 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 like let those feelings out. Like I almost feel like they lean too much into that, you know, in the show. In the show, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. show, and and like you said, at this part about about the ova, because this is just yeah. you know, it's it's a big thing. It's, <laughs> it's big one thing, thing to like find out, you know, you. I mean, this uh, that's a big thing too, finding a kid that you never knew about and that is dying. But then now to find out that you can never have kids anymore. But then, oh wait, you might be able to because yeah. I've had these for years and or you know stored and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just wish like they just let her feel, let her you know, let her act it out, let her. Right. <laughs> Just and I do feel it. that she must have off screen, which is again, For sure. yes, the fic comes in, yeah, but we don't get to see that. There's no real resolution to it, and there's so many. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole other fan or not fanfic, a whole other podcast episode that we could get into is the unresolved things that we wish we could have seen on screen. Yeah, this was such a roller coaster of a time because we had never again. Right, late season four, where they got to a place where they were kind of at odds and things were not great. Then there was a cancer arc, though, and everything that happened there, and then things got better again. But now we have this, Mm -hmm. you know, the sort of infertility arc and Mm -hmm. this infraction committed by Mulder with her ova. And, you know, she's pissed again. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a roller coaster, like this last like season or so, or like half a season. It's been some pretty wild swings, but yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to see them kind of have it out. Um, and her actually, you know, I think direct some of the anger toward him for the parts that he was responsible for. Yeah, you know, I mean, so many parts of the show, she's like, I don't hold it against you. And I would do it all again, and all this stuff. And it's not your fault, blah, blah, blah. But some things like she has a right to be upset with him for, mm-hmm. even if he didn't mean any harm, she still has every right to be upset. And we just didn't get to see that. Right. So yeah, this was like, this fic really handled it. I, I really like the way it handled it. She got her side out, you know, and he I guess he did the best thing he could do, which was sit there and listen and listen you know, and take and it not. Yeah. And take it and yeah. not try to, you know, be defensive or anything. Just like, you know, he knew that he messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And he did everything that she asked for. So she wanted a later flight. He got her a flight the next day. She wanted to go get drunk at a bar. He took her to the bar to get drunk. Yeah. He, she wanted to get a hotel room. While they waited for their flight the next day, he got them a a hotel room. And then when it came time for her to confront him, he sat there and took it like he should have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, really the best, it's the best case scenario considering what has happened. Like it was good of him to do that (laughs) because it Mm would have been extra shitty if he had not been, you know, able to kind of help her through this and the way that she needed. So he kind of redeemed himself and just a little bit. But it was gratifying to see it. Well, and that line of like you like you had um, said earlier of if you ever keep anything like this from me again, mm-hmm. we're over. You know, period. <laughs> it's a hard stop. Like it's, it's you know, and he's deal. like, okay, you know, like 
I, I think I think he understood, at least in this pick, he it was written well, and you could tell that he understood the error of his ways. You know, like it was a big thing mm-hmm. to keep from her, and it might have come from you know a good place, and you know her being sick at the time, and whether she was going to live or not, like that was still all up in the air for him, and you know he didn't want another piece of bad news for her, but it's like it's she still needs to know. Yeah, this one has such a powerful ending where she's like, she says, if you ever keep anything like that for me again, we're done. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Then she says, I need answers, Mulder. I'll need your help, of course. And then she says, there will never be a normal again mm-hmm. before she turns and walks away. And that's where it's just like slapping you in the face. Like, mm-hmm. ouch. Okay. Yeah. That's, that pretty much sums it up. Like, yeah. how could you can never go on as if this never happened like there's no. no going back no this is like has turned a page over in her life and everything that happened before is the past and nothing will ever be the same yeah that's just really powerful I did find this untitled married Emily story on Tumblr mm-hmm. I read it again and it's not that much processing mm the grief of Emily. We don't really have to discuss that. That's up to you. But I do, I do like anything. It's a different, it's a slightly different topic, but I do like the ones where, you know, they get married for the purposes of like improving her chances of mm-hmm. adopting Emily and then kind of seeing the aftermath of that. Like, I do find that really interesting. Um, even if it doesn't, if it isn't linked to any specific, like grief, trauma, yeah. aftermath. I, I still enjoyed that one. So I'm glad you shared that with us. I did too. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was the Emily story arc was a nice jumping off point for them being married. And it was very mm-hmm. short and yeah. mostly dealt with them not discussing being married. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which is, I mean, that's, that tracks. So, them. so them. <laughs> that absolutely. <laughs> did I say how long that one is? Oh, I just said short G. I, I, yeah. Well, Cause I it was on Tumblr, know. right? There weren't really, there's no like word count. It was no. one of those, um, was it one of those like five? That must have been a different one where the writer said they started out with it being a five five times this thing happened or that thing happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't think mm-hmm. that's this one. But no, but I it did is one of it is numbered one to five. It is. I think <laughs> the one that Hello. you're talking about is an Aloysia Vergata story. Is it the under a juniper tree? Is that the one that was supposed to be? Maybe. Let me see under. Yeah, uh, Amy hit suggested five times Scully scares Mulder. I started writing the fic, but this was the only segment of it that came out how I wanted. Mm-hmm. It's a touch longer than a drabble, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. But this one is numbered, indeed. Um, it is. It's this writer, one. I really liked it. It's totally them. This is a really good writer. At first, I didn't recognize the name on Tumblr, Broadcast News 1987. Mm-hmm. But then in one of the comments, I think, it turns out that this writer is who used to be Ink Splotches on AO3. And mm-hmm. I had a bunch of their stuff bookmarked, and then it disappeared because I, I guess they like... Oh, interesting. I don't know how, I don't know um... how you make your stuff disappear. I'm not techie. I guess if you close I think you your... Can delete stuff or 
close your account probably. Sure. Yeah. I guess if right. you close your account, then your work goes with it. That mm-hmm. seems very sad, but I guess that's maybe what happened. So anyhow, mm-hmm. just an FYI, if anyone is interested. So this writer, you know, evidently is also like some of their stuff is still available on Tumblr under broadcast news, 1987. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have them as Fox Mulders, plural, but I don't know where I got that name from. That link that you gave takes uh, took me to Broadcast News 1987 yeah. as well. That's interesting. I wonder. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. Oh well, no. I might, I might have that wrong. Maybe that's who reblogged it. I don't know. That's the Maybe. yeah, the link took me there, but I'm reading the comments now where there's a comment saying uh your ink splotches on AO3, right? And it is Fox Mulders. Oh. Mm. Okay, so it's so, Fox Mulders, but ink splotches on AO3. Yeah, but I think okay. that AO3 account is not is not available anymore. Okay, good to know. I had never heard of them, so when I go to their uh, Tumblr page, though, there's nothing. Mm. So okay, oh, well, so much for that. So maybe the only way you can access these things is from you know when Re-blogged. somebody reblogged it. Interesting. So I I just did like a quick search, and this story popped up when we were discussing doing this, I was like, Oh, this is different than what we've been reading. Let me just throw that on there as well. Uh, so interesting that I, I was even able to find anything on this. Yeah. Tumblr is so weird that way though, you know, cause like, yeah, sometimes people delete their profiles, but you can still find their stuff. If it was mm-hmm. reblogged by somebody, I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know. Very I just know. Interesting. Yeah. When I search Sometimes the same thing happens, but I'm glad that you found this because I really enjoyed it. And yes, I mean, it is so them. <laughs> yeah. Every bit of it. I did enjoy the part where, um, where is it? It says, um, oh, uh, no, like number four, where a wedding band is better than a badge. She's <laughs> my wife, gets him, al- gets him almost anywhere. Gets him past doctors and through a maze of burned bodies into a hospital room and down white hallways. And that's how Skinner finds out. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> that, I love that. That was terrific. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. And, and actually the part where when Emily had died and he doesn't know if she remembers this, she'd said our daughter. I just know. One, well, just okay, once. That, that line justifies this thing. And then yeah. just that line. Yes. Yes, definitely. And like the whole part, like just once in a hallway between the oncology and pediatric wards, at 13 minutes past midnight on New Year's Eve, it had felt different than the vows hours before. Aww. Yeah. Maybe he loves her best, his partner, his wife, under hard white light. Okay. We'll keep it in. This is a good one. Yeah. That was, a, that was like, yeah. No, that was a good find. It was a good find. Yeah. And so different. Mm-hmm. So different. I'm glad we kept it in then. You did good. Oh, for sure. Thank you. For sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It was, yeah, it's it's just such a, a short story, but uh, it was um, unique, yeah. I guess. All right. Should we move on to Under a Juniper Tree by mm. none other than Aloysia Vergata, who apparently <laughs> likes to deal with this particular topic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is one number is two or number three? It's, the ha- number is it three. it's a hat trick. It's an AV hat trick. Yeah. Let's see. So it is 1,183 words. It's rated G. Essentially, Mulder and Scully go for a jog. 
a run in San Diego and they stop for one for water under a juniper tree. Scully's mind kind of wanders uh, to the first dead baby she ever autopsied and gets into a little bit of detail about that. Whereas Mulder's mind wanders to how Scully will deal with the whole Emily thing. You know, he's always like wondering. And really, I wrote the best way to describe this is Mulder and Scully not discussing Emily with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because that's the fic is really more her thought process as they're running, but they don't really, there's not a lot of communication happening. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's mainly just her stream of consciousness. And in a way, like this feels like one of the times where she deals with it by just kind of going numb. You know, she's just retreats into herself. Like she's not really aware of her surroundings. She's not really listening to what he's saying. She's, you know, kind of off in her own world. Doing things because she's told to. So like her Mm -hmm. mom tells her to wear the shirt. So she wears this shirt. Her body tells her she needs water. So she drinks the water, but she's not taking a lot of agency or Mm -hmm. she's not, she's not like really, she's not. Yeah. She's just on autopilot really. Yeah, exactly. She just can't feel anything. Exactly. So yeah, but that said, it was pretty painful. Um, you know, her thought process that she's going through. Well, even even this like little line, which is you know, it, it's not anything major, but it. She tucks the water bottle back into the pouch on the front of her sweatshirt, feeling marsupial and hollow and hollow. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, when you think of the animals that have the pouch that carry their baby, but. She doesn't have a baby. She doesn't follow because she will never have a baby. Like just a simple little line. It's, you know, how many words is that, you know, like 20 words or something. And it's just like kind of encapsulates the, what her mind is thinking and the the frame of mind that she's in at this point in this fake too. I really like this metaphor where it says her legs are trembling from running too far and too fast. And Christ, here's Mulder looking at her like a teacup. He's accidentally smashed to the floor. That's a great one. There's a lot of great imagery like that in this one. Mm-hmm. Is that not exactly how he, we all know he's looking at her in this situation mm-hmm. where he knows, you know, he feels personally responsible for everything that's happening. And he just can't believe that everything's just shattered, you know, irrevocably broken. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, she kind of tunes out and she's kind of just gone numb. But, you know, at the end, it's, he says, when we get back to DC, you should consider talking to someone about all this. And she's like, when we get back to DC, none of this ever happened. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's a note of condescension in her voice. He stares down at her into Emily's dead blue eyes and her face Mm. is the face of a stranger. And, oh man, I love that. I love that because it's just like, she's not there anymore. You know, she is not the same person anymore. And everything inside of her, you know, every part that he knew before is just gone. And she's Mm -hmm. like dead inside. That just seems really accurate. It does. And I can see Scully acting in that way and Mulder Mm -hmm. viewing her in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also really like this line. Scully rounds the corner ahead of him, her lungs burning with the morning air. She imagines them full of sand, imagines herself drowning in it, and she stumbles and coughs. Uh, And because of the sand in the coffin, Mm. I really like this particular line, right? Because, I I mean, I don't know if it's a conscious connection, um, but it just 
made me think of Emily and maybe, I don't know. I don't I like know. I don't know sand. what I'm thinking, but I like it. No, it's, the it's, the, con- it's the connection. Yeah. There's and also sand makes too. you think of something barren. Mm-hmm. Nothing grows dry. in sand. Dry. dry. Yeah. yeah. Like a desert. Yeah, exactly. The sand imagery really goes a long way. And several of the fix that we are covering actually deal with it. Like, okay, there's yes. sandbox coming up. We haven't touched yes. on that one too much yet, but you know, that's one of them. And then there's several where they're on a beach of one mm-hmm. type or another, which of course beach sand. And yeah, so everything kind of makes you think back to like the beginning of the episode, Emily, where she's just trudging through this desert and it's just like blowing lifeless darkness. And yeah, I guess when you think of sand, you just kind of think of like desert and barrenness and bleakness. Right. Well, and it's like you said earlier, this fake where, you know, the other ones have a bit of that like sexual tone to it. Like you said here, it's got that. She's like, I need to get away from him because I have it. Like she has it in her to end up in his bed, but then, you know, leave his sheets cold in the morning. Um, yes. And you were comparing it to the other fic earlier. Uh, and that's a good point too, right? Like she, I mean, we've seen her kind of deal with things by trying to, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, fuck them away that, in a sense. <laughs> pretty much. You know, that, in other episodes. That, that is so, canon just for anyone who's yes. curious. Yes, you it know, is. Her, like dealing with difficult situations mm-hmm. in that manner oh, there's yeah. precedent for that so it's you know yeah it's not like that that line in the fit came out of nowhere where she no. says that like we know that there's the potential there for that to happen but mm-hmm. in this fic she's just numb to everything and she just tunes it all out she doesn't want anything to comfort her she's not going to let anything comfort her she just wants to be completely and totally numb but yeah that ending where you know she just has the dead eyes and he doesn't even recognize her when he looks at her is just really pretty powerful we're not there yet but in i believe it's in sandbox where she says that when she gets back to dc she has an appointment with her therapist or in this one she says that once she gets to dc this never happened which Mm -hmm. is really interesting and i can see both of those things happening Uh uh-huh you can definitely Cause she's done both, yeah. you know, yeah. canonically she's reached out on occasion and then there's times where no, she just pushes it away and forges ahead and, yeah. right. you know, you never know which one she's going to choose in any given situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Which Scully are you going to get? I really like this line. It's when she's running and it says her hair escapes the elastic band bouncing behind her. And he remembers when she used to wear it long around her girlish face, chasing nightmares through the woods. And it reminds me of the innocence that she has lost since the pilot, since the early days. And she's just never going to be that person again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little poignant and sad because right. it was only four years ago, but she's a, a completely... Lot different person and think about how much has been lost in that four years and how much has been taken Mm -hmm. I mean wow time family members health you know yeah sanity sanity yeah I mean oh it's it hurts a little bit to think about it does all right should we move on to the next one any last thoughts about this one it's great I loved it 
painful okay. and great. <laughs> this one is called Sweet Nothings for the Numb. And this is the only one that I, well, besides the other Tumblr one that I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you pronounce that name? Well, Amal Nahurie. That sounds correct. Amal Nahurie. Yeah. I will go with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, know I really didn't Ryder know. Has, I, that's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, they've written other X-Files. I was going to say, I don't think I've looked into that if they've written other stuff. But they must have if they were in AO3, right? Yeah, I'm looking at their profile now. And they have a few other things. <laughs> I love their profile um, picture. <laughs> Only four. Four X-Files. Awesome. Yeah, and one of them is a crossover, it looks like. Oh, with? But I feel like Sherlock. Sherlock. Mm. Oh, interesting. But okay. I think this writer maybe has some stuff elsewhere because I see some things here like imported from Live Journal. Uh, oh, in fact, this one we're reading here was imported from Live Journal. And I want to say uh, I've read some other things by this writer not on AO3 elsewhere. Mm. But I think this writer is really good. Um, mm-hmm. I guess is what I was just <laughs> sort of trying to get around <laughs> to. And I really enjoyed their writing. I really enjoyed this story. This was, was this the longest? This one and Sandbox were the two long ones. These are the two that I saved for last because they were so long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I love that too, because some of the other ones are, you know, generally pretty short. So this one, you could kind of sink your teeth Mm -hmm. in a little bit. um, A little more of a thought. Yeah. You okay? You look perplexed. I'm still trying to look for the other fic that that I know this author wrote, but wait, did they write Machines of Freedom? That's what I was looking for. Is that somebody so, else? That might be somebody else. I'm starting here because it's tied with Machines of Freedom. The most significant thing I wrote. Yeah, for yeah, freedom. yeah. Is it, it is. Oh, yeah. a mall. Oh, because yes. I remember the person having two different names. Mm. But it's just combined on. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. We figured yeah, it out. Actually. So I, well I guess I don't have the web link anymore for Machines of Freedom, but I have the EPUB file. Same, yeah. And yeah, it's definitely the same writer. Awesome. Uh, so I guess her name is Amal, looking at this intro yeah. here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so for anyone who's read that and enjoyed it, um, that one's really long, if I remember correctly. Right. Much longer than this one, but a really good story. And this one is too. Now that we figured out who it is. Back to yeah. the fake. <laughs> All right. I'm going to dive in a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. So this story is split into three parts, uh, but essentially after the funeral, Scully wakes at her brother's house to find Mulder asleep on the couch and basically just proceeds to fuck him while mm-hmm. Matthew is crying upstairs and being consoled. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like fuels her a little bit too in an effort yeah. to try and forget. And then they kind of, deal with the consequences of Emily and Matthew and sleep together the next day. Wait, what? I don't know what I, sorry. I'm trying to figure out what I wrote. Um, they deal with the consequences of Emily and Matthew and, oh, and sleeping together mm-hmm. um, in an awkward moment at the breakfast table. They start on a slow journey home, spending one more night in LA ordering room service and avoiding the big Emily and sex conversations before flying back to DC. Uh, this one I thought was one of the darkest ones that we read. 
they had, it had some really dark lines. And that's and saying something. Really, yeah. <laughs> that's saying something. Well, yeah. and their sex scene was very impersonal. Like, like, right. like she, yeah, sorry, she was he, absolutely say, using him. Yeah. He would, oh, yeah, absolutely. Times, there was times where he tried to like make a connection with her. I think like he tried to like hold her face and like, and she would like shake her, her eye contact. Yeah. yeah. And she moved his hands out of the way. And, um, you know, like yeah, she it, was not she having it very impersonal. It was, he was a body. He, she did not want feelings. Uh, well, those kind right. of feelings. <laughs> she wanted a release. She wanted a release of, of the other feelings she was having at that time. Yeah. Well, that awkward breakfast with Bill was <laughs> so oh, good. Man. That was I brutal. Uh, I loved it. Oh, that was good. Yeah, that was painful. Because this is, I think, the only one that really has Bill in it. Oh no, San- Sandbox. Sandbox has- also does. Yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, this is just Bill being Bill. Yeah, pretty That's much. Pretty true be. to form. Yeah, yeah. Bill's gonna build. Should- <laughs> Bill's gonna build. <laughs> describe, this describe was- what Bill does in this one. Then, how's Bill, Bill billing? <laughs> how's Bill <laughs> billing? Well, you know, like they're at the. Th- there, Meg is at the table. I think Tara's at the table too. If I'm not confusing the two. And then he's making eggs and magically he's out of eggs. <laughs> you know, and like, is this the one where Mulder's making coffee and he doesn't take milk or sugar, but he does it so that he can not look at him? Or was that sandbag, sandbox? I can't remember. But anyway, it's just there. It's just Bill's going to build. That's sandbox. That, that might be sandbox. It's just Bill's going to build. It's, you know. Just yeah. good old Bill. True to form. But it was yeah. interesting how in this one, she just needs a release. And he's mm-hmm. literally just like a body. Whereas in the other, the MS Starlight thick, um, mm-hmm. you know, she lets him comfort her physically and she is connecting with him, you know, and she's right. allowing him to comfort her and she's, it's much more intimate. It's this is the complete opposite of that, you know, where that was intimate and this is very impersonal, like you said, Dina. And she just needs something from him, and that's it. Uh, I mean, the um, the other thing about this one is that in this one, she she herself knows that she has fertility issues. Yeah, she's been a dutiful student of her reproductive system system since med school. Um. Right. I do like how scientific this one is. Yeah. She went on like a six month charting binge, the, uh, about like her cervical mucus and all that kind of stuff, signs of ovulating. Like, so when she had gone six weeks without a period after her abduction, her body giving no signs of any sort of cycle, she had visited her OB and a gynae and endured the four weeks of ultrasounds and hormone panels without much hope. So in this one, it does, you know, um, it's different. This one is different in the sense that she already knew Whereas everything else, like it was a shock that she couldn't have kids, which rings true because she's a doctor. A doctor, mm-hmm. yeah. You would think knows she that would, yeah. her body has gone through some sort of trauma, so she would know the signs, and it just makes way more sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. And even if she don't didn't have proof and didn't know the full extent of what happened to her, she had to have some sort of idea. You would think mm-hmm. so. There was a like a really in-depth discussion, multiple in-depth discussions on Twitter at some point a few years ago about, because some people had the theory and depending on my mood, sometimes I ascribe to this theory that she was never actually infertile. Mm -hmm. She was just told that maybe as kind of a red herring or maybe just to throw her off course. 
but you know, she acted surprised, right? When, or she said, you know, I guess we don't really know how she reacted when she learned that because we didn't mm-hmm. see that it happened right. off screen. But what we do see is her telling Maggie um, that she learned recently that because of her abduction that she cannot conceive a child. So she found out recently. She said that in season five. Mm-hmm. So that for two years, she didn't know. But you would think that with her being a doctor, if something was totally whacked out with her periods or, you know, her body, you would think she would know. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting off on a tangent that doesn't need to be gotten off on. But I guess my point is just like, yeah, as a doctor, you would think that whatever happened, that she would be noticing some weirdness going on Mm -hmm. and that she wouldn't, it wouldn't be all of a sudden two years later that she finds out something's amiss. That would also be a discussion with her cancer too, right? I I would assume she she also did chemo. Right. Yeah. Right. And treatments or like, I mean, they said treatment. So, but you would think like normally when there is someone of childbearing age, let's just say that hasn't had children or, you know, and goes through this, they, you know, that is talked about, like, what are your fertility thoughts? Or what are your treat, you know, um, like, what are you, what are your plans? Are you planning on having a kid? Cause if so, these treatments may affect that, mm-hmm. you know? So you would think that conversation might also have happened as well at some point when she got diagnosed. Um, I like the fix that have her discovering it somewhere during the course of her cancer treatment. That seems like mm -hmm. a logical time to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Because she was, she might've been having normal periods. We don't know. Right. Like that's not something that that's just something people think that, Oh, well, you know, if you're, if you're I guess they didn't think we needed to know that on the show, but frankly, they were wrong. Want to see her buying, uh, you know, uh, a box of pads or tampons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like this is something we discussed during Seraphim. Oh, I'm sure. Where Lynn, you specifically had had thoughts that she wasn't completely infertile. Mm -hmm. um, And I probably did bring it up then. Yeah, you did. You talked about it a little bit, which I thought was really interesting. It's not something that I had really considered just having never really gone through that myself but it's that she was able to conceive obviously well and it did come out of nowhere the the whole infertility thing like yeah it caught her off guard yeah even us as viewers it caught us off guard we had no reason to think that anything like that had happened yeah no other than like when he finds the drawer of you know vials of her eggs and stuff and like you know up to that point at least to me it never crossed my mind that oh Mm -hmm. maybe with everything that's happened she's infertile and she can't have a kid like a zero zero thoughts went through my head can I just yeah. go off on a tangent here of course you can. No. so when oh god I was still in high school Chris Carter did a talk at the University of California in Santa Barbara mm-hmm. and my best friend's brother went to that school so he bought us tickets or like I'm sure we paid him whatever but we all went together to see Chris Carter And that's the question that I was going to ask what happens to Scully's Ova. And my, my best friend didn't have a question. So I was like, all right, you can take my question. I'll come, I'll come up with something else. And he goes, oh, we've got plus of whatever, something along the lines of we've got plans for that. So when was that year was that? Yeah. It must've been after season five, probably right around season six, they had already moved to California. Okay. Okay. uh, Six they moved. Or five and six. Six. Between five and six. Yeah. After the movie. So, 
So, so it was I, after I had the asked about of- that. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, or I was going to ask about that. My best friend, Melissa asked the question instead. Yeah. And, um, he's like, Oh, we've got plans. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God. And, uh, well now we oh know what God. all his plans were, or what at least plans? we think we know who knows what have what's changed. Yeah. <laughs> From that. Something tells me he did not have per manum cooked up at that point in time. No, no. Cause I still think that's a massive retcon, but that's not a thousand percent. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. I just had to, it reminded no, me great. of that. I'd forgotten that I I'd lo- spoken to I him. I can't believe that. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I would have wanted to hear the answer to that too. I mean, that would be right? something that I would ask too, because that's such a, I mean, that's kind of a big deal to just see this vial and yeah. then, you know, think of all the different directions that could go. Like, where's this going to go? Yeah, what's gonna one come more out of quick this? tangents? I'm so sorry, I keep going no. up on tangents tonight. Why are you so sorry? But, um, because it's late. But so when Stephen and I were first watching Mad Men and the whole, do you, did you guys watch Mad Men? No, I haven't yet. I okay. would like. Come on, never mind. All right, there's a there's a major thing that happens in the story at the very beginning. I was and I was like, oh, is this ever brought up again? He's like, it's the whole basis for the TV show. I was like, oh. What is it? There's oh, continuation. Okay. I gotta tell you. Like, that's how <laughs> wow, burned that's I refreshing. was. Yeah. That's how burned I was from the X Files. I was like, oh, does this ever come up again? He's like, yeah, it's it's the show. I'm like, oh, okay. Anyway, so but that's how it is. In X Files, they're like, oh, this this week we're introducing this thing. We'll never talk about it again, but we're introducing yeah. it. Anyway, so go ahead. I'm sorry. And we, of course, had every reason to think that we nothing would ever come of that. Right. Um, so it was a really valid question. Because um, you never know. But yeah, you never know in any way. Like it was a vial that we saw, right? Mm-hmm. And there could have been one in there. There could have been 10. There could have That's, been. Yeah, not thousands. something I know like, a lot we about. didn't know me either, to be honest. But I guess there was a lot of room. There's a lot of wiggle room for them to go any direction with it, I guess. But um. I remember having the thought of you only took one. That was yeah, like drawer. why didn't you take all of them? The whole drawer, just like you know, like empty a shelf, you know. <laughs> like yeah, just, I, maybe was... some other people's too, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like really and truly, you only took one vial. There were so many in that little drawer. You couldn't just even a handful. My worry is that he basically just pocketed the thing. A thousand percent. Yeah, it's and I'm like, well, is that, is, like, is that a good way to transport? No. No, it is giant D. I don't know, but <laughs> what were we talking about? Which story? Um, sweet nothings, the... right? Oh, sweet nothings. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I just needed to get back on track. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we we veered off a little bit. That's okay. I think what we were saying was like we appreciated the, um like the technical medical terms and how she's observing her body and she's, Mm -hmm. you know, taking stock of her body and where it's at. Which is absolutely what a scientist would do. Of course. Yeah. And then we were just saying how it doesn't make sense in the context of the fact that she's a doctor and she would probably be in tune, at least Mm -hmm. on some level with her body Mm -hmm. for her to have no idea that something fishy was going on for, you know, that two or three years. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. 
So I, I do like that this one says that like has that different aspect of it of mm-hmm. her her having that, you know. That seems more accurate to me yeah. because that just 100%. seems like something that she would be more aware of those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of holes there. Like the show just didn't touch on that very much. So does that mean that she wasn't thinking about that or she wasn't addressing it behind the scenes? Not necessarily. It's just, we didn't see that. So we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I read something like this, I'm like, yeah, that's what she would do. Of course she would chart her cycles. Of course she would, you know, right. notice when something is amiss. Actual I mean, signs. It's perfectly reasonable to think that the men who have capabilities to do whatever they've done can mm-hmm. also make her have a regular cycle. Yeah. I'm willing to buy that, but the show never stated that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It could go in literally any direction. It could. And yeah. I buy this, her charting, her cycle, her whatever. Mm-hmm. I buy that more than, well, we're going to take everything away from you, but you still have a regular cycle. So. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm sure there are infertile women who have regular cycles. Again, I don't know a lot about infertility. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I've had to deal with, but yeah, well, it depends. It, it just, it's never stated. Infert- it's never stated. So there's a lot of directions that it could go. And mm-hmm. when this discussion right. came up before on Twitter, there was a lot of discussion about how, well, if they took all of her eggs, then technically she would be going into menopause. And like, there's no way she wouldn't notice that, you know, mm-hmm. she would notice that immediately. And that doesn't happen to the best of our knowledge. Like that couldn't have happened because she didn't even know yeah. <laughs> about it for two and a half years. But it does so, in this fic. <laughs> but it does. Yes, it does in this fic. Because she too. said, what did she say? Uh uh, it stabbed her now and then, though, when her artificial period brought on very real cramps, when the teenager behind the pharmacy counter had the gall to look shocked that the prescription for estrogen and no, medro, <laughs> I can't say that, progesterone pretty much, was being filled by a woman under 50. Right? So this fit co- covers all of it, literally. I love like, that. Th- this explains everything, you know? <laughs> I wonder if this person's a scientist themselves. Their, their profile does said that like in academia of some sort. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. good researcher. Cause I think even machines of freedom had a lot of like medical stuff in it too. Um, yes. so it was very detailed. So I um, can see but, that being the case. Yeah. But I love that before, like before she goes down to Mulder and like pretty much just has sex with him. Um, this part here, this paragraph where it's like she lives her life in a world where she's forced to investigate 10 impossible things between breakfast and lunch. And it is because of that life that she's absolutely convinced that the one man in the world who could impregnate her when it is impossible is Mulder. That motherfucker who knew how this had happened <laughs> and never thought to mention it, who did what she asked him to and sulked about it ever since she found Emily. He is her curse and her salvation in equal parts, the answer to the problems he himself has caused. I'm like, holy fuck. That was like, yep. That paragraph right there. And I, I mean, I, I took some stuff out, but like that really just sums them up, you know, like this this moment, (laughs) it sums up this moment in time in their partnership ups in their partnership up so well, like he is the answer to the problems he has caused, you know, like as much as, you know, we love him and we love them and we, you know, it's not all his fault and whatever, but 
when it comes down to it, it kind of does all lead back to her joining the X-Files and being, you know, exposed to this world and these people that she wasn't exposed to before. And by association, him. (laughs) And can I just add this line? Mm Mm-hmm. She never should have entertained her little fantasies of his magic sperm. Certainly never should have crawled into his bed and let him soothe her with his tongue. She would apologize. And that would be that. Um, okay. Whatever that, that, that's not important, but uh, yeah, I, I like the magic sperm and that she thinks he's going to be the thing that solves the problem, mm-hmm. which yep. he is in the end. And we, we know that, she, that he is and William is conceived eventually. Yeah. But I like, I like the magic sperm. That's a good line. I'm trying to think what else, cause this was one of the longer ones. So now I'm trying it to remember is. what else happened. So I really just... like this line, just random line in the middle of everything. She stands and goes to him vibrating with lust and fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not that's wrong though, right? Picture. Yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. Like, like I feel like that's the only way that it could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. At that time, yeah. Also, this line, uh, you will never keep this information. I'm sorry. You will never, ever keep information about me from me ever again. Are we clear? And that line reminds me of the line from the Mulder Girl story. Mm -hmm. Also, was anyone else shocked that their flight is at 2 p.m. and it's almost noon and Mulder is going for a run? (laughs) Oh, that... That did not compute at all in my brain. Like, uh, what are you doing? You should be at the gate. I don't but care wait, if though, this is the 90s. I was like, going to say. You still need to time, get there. How was, US, how was U.S. travel at that time? I don't know because uh, I'm not American, but it's a domestic flight, right? Maybe, so, yes. But you don't, need, you don't need to be there two hours ahead, but you're not going for a run. And then you have to come home and shower or back to the hotel and yeah, shower. They still had traffic in the 90s. Like, <laughs> traffic in LA. Not as much. Getting to LAX. Come on. That bothered me. That was the most inaccurate part. All the stuff about the fertility and everything. Perfect. This getting to LAX yeah, for that... a flight at 2 p.m., but you're going for a run at noon? No. I was stressed. <laughs> I was stressed. <laughs> me too. I have airport stress anyway and oh do you read oh i mean yeah because every time you never know right i just always get there insanely insanely early because i've traveled enough and enough weird shit has happened that you really never know i get it this is seen it all 9 11 i get it but it's just you're not going for a run (laughs) god you're getting ready to leave at that time at the latest at the latest (laughs) If you're me, you would already be in the car on the way there. But if you're a normal person, yeah, you're getting ready to leave. So yeah, that that stressed me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad sorry. you called that out. <laughs> it bothered me so much. Yeah. And that, I couldn't believe it. I see that a lot in fix though. And they're not even necessarily the ones that were written in the 90s. Some of them are written, you know, closer to present day. Hmm. And I don't know. Maybe not everyone's neurotic nut job like me, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people I know have TSA pre-check and I get that. But like, I mean, for domestic, I would be there two hours before here. Like I would definitely. Same. You know, but, and then it takes me an hour to get to the airport with the normal amount of traffic. Mm. If there's really bad traffic, it might even take two hours. Yeah. So yeah. 
I'm Ugh. leaving minimum Stressful. three hours before the flight. Stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we're on, on the same all. page here. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I do enjoy that um, at the breakfast thing, like when Maggie's like, oh, how long are you staying? And like, he can just tell by looking at her face, like she does not want to be here. <laughs> He's like, oh, I have to take her back. You know, we have to. Um, duty calls. Duty calls. Uh, bodies stacked six high waiting for her back at Quantico. I'm like, no other line. You couldn't, you, she just like buried or is burying her daughter. Like, you know, her daughter. You didn't say bodies are saying that. (laughs) That was an unfortunate choice. You know, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the least he can do. That's what, that's what it says here. Yeah. Gives him the evil eyes. He finishes his coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and different sex one. I know we had the sex one before that was mm-hmm. a little more, I don't want to say sweet, but mm-hmm. emotional. It was definitely, yeah. She yeah. allowed herself to be emotional and she, you know, allowed herself to receive his comfort, which right. doesn't really happen in this. No. Mm-hmm. No, this it was different. I thought, yeah. That's what I like about all these. They're all so different, even if they kind of deal with it in the same way. Any last thoughts on, uh, what is it called? Sweet nothings for the numb. I'm trying to remember how it ended. Hold on. It was cute where he's like, uh, the hundred, the hundred dollar room service. Mm-hmm. She's like, I was promised a hundred dollars. <laughs> like, it had like, well, yeah, it had, that's yeah. not hard to do, to be honest. That is really no, not hard it's to not. do. It's so expensive. Um, it had some, um, really nice soft, moments too and funny moments like it wasn't just you know mm-hmm. even the second time they have sex what does she say she says shut me up shut me up oh yeah but like to turn off her brain like turn yeah. off her thinking and turn off her you know and it's the same thing like she he's trying to have a connection with her and she doesn't want anything he's trying yeah he's really trying i do feel for him oh, oh yeah and he gets her hard. all of the um information for her yes. over Maryland cryogenic services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where she throws the cup at the glass and uh, sorry, the cup. Oh my god, the the glass at the wall. Yeah, yeah. She apologizes for all like the the sex, and then they have like normal sex, don't they? Or is that something else I was reading? <laughs> oh no, they just. I think they just go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She sits in silence with him, contemplating the melting ice in his glass. Her Mm -hmm. ova. He has them. He sold them back for her and was keeping them locked away while she was dying. Blah, blah, blah. And then Mm -hmm. eventually she says, thank you. So for not treating them as evidence, she clarifies. Mm. He shudders visibly. You're not evidence, which is very reminiscent of you're not just anything to me, Scully. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. It seems like she's softening a little bit and yeah. things are going to be okay. It, ends, it definitely ends on a more hopeful note. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. way it started. Yeah. But this was a good one. I had never read this one. So thank you, Lynn. Yeah. I don't think I'd read My that pleasure. one either. There was a couple here I, that I hadn't read. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember when I came across these, but I just had all of them saved. Well done. You know, appreciate proud it. Of when, you. I, when I did encounter them, I was like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. Because I can go. good stuff. I can never remember the names. So true. I always yeah. feel bad. I'm like, isn't it this fake that this happened? 
all these things happen, but I don't remember what it's called or who wrote mm-hmm. it or wasn't if it's there, on another three. Wasn't there an Emily fig where she pretty much like fucks him on the couch, but she's on her period? That's in. See, I knew Lynn would know. From Lepus. Of course I know. I it's, knew it. Um, oh. Lepus Arcticus Incrementum. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. One of the earlier chapters. like. Oh, is that where it's from? Yeah. It's okay. one of those chapters. Okay. Looks like I'll be revisiting that one tonight. I know. Always gonna... a good time to revisit Incrementum. When There's never the... a wrong time. When are we going to get the alert that there was a new, a new chapter? Someday. <laughs> I cannot leave this mortal plane until we get another chapter. <laughs> so you're funny. Yeah. No matter what happens, there's just it's like I need to be here to to read that. There's just like I need to be here for when Jillian's memoir comes out, whenever it comes out. How all? Yeah. Like I legitimately, there was a period of time, and I might still be there, where I was like seriously concerned that I might die before this gets published yeah. i mean i i don't know why i just <laughs> okay, i'm Think a little like crazy that? i mean it's not that i'm thinking like that it's more like oh my god what if i did like how <sighs> shitty would that be because not only would i be dead but i would miss knowing you know what this. there would Girl, we would have a seance we would have channel that shit to an you. afterlife group chat mm-hmm. and you would just get those red alarm emojis okay, okay. it's don't worry <laughs> we would that still know better we will let but yeah this this is in the same category of like we need more chapters and they need to be i hope that we get more chapters because yeah it's such a good story but get out even into though, the universe yeah we're manifesting manifest yep. manifest i would just love to read more it's a very long piece obviously but yeah, right. i want to see what the intended ending is because yes. somewhere she said that she knows what she, the ending is mm-hmm. so sh- we just need to get Wonder. there it's not like it's not like a work in progress where the ending isn't really defined yet it's she knows what the ending is mm-hmm. we just need to wait patiently for it to be interesting written. yeah so someday maybe yeah. i'm keeping hope alive when they revive the x-files reboot it <laughs> re whatever she'll be like all right i'm gonna have to fix this yeah all right shall we move on to sandbox Yes, last but not least. Last one. (laughs) Our last one. This is by Admiralty. It's 6,046 words. It's rated G. So tame Mm -hmm. after our last discussion. Um, And basically, this kind of reminds me of the last one. A morning at Bill Jr.'s house following the aftermath of Emily's funeral. Matthew's delivery. We're dealing with Scully's grief. Uh, Bill confronts Mulder. Scully's left the house. Mulder goes out feeling kind of jealous after Detective Kresge comes over and he finds Scully at a playground in a sandbox. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot I like about this one. I like the confrontation between Bill and Mulder. Mm-hmm. I like Definitely. I like Maggie kind of putting Bill in his place. But Bill wasn't as big of a dick in this one. Or oh, I think it's it's like you said in, in the in your notes, it's like it came you have more of an under not an understanding but like a reason for him being such a dick oh yes yeah right. I mean? and even Mulder like, understands yeah i was yeah. a big brother too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he says or i had a little sister he says, says look i know you don't like me very much aware that debating any of this with bill is pointless and i don't blame you always meeting under these grim circumstances mm-hmm. knowing what she's given up for our work so like yeah he gets it 
mm-hmm. you know, Bill, I guess, is within his rights to be like, why do you keep doing this to my sister? Why are you making her miserable time and time again? And mm-hmm. I think Mulder's is like, look, I know where you're coming from and I get it, but you know, she does matter to me. What does he say? He says, she's important to me more than, you know, yeah. So, you know, he's trying to get it out there that like, okay, look, I know all the shit is happening. I don't know what to tell you about that, but like, I do care very much about her. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is, we, cause we didn't actually see him say that in the show really. No. You know, he never sat there and said, look, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, she really, really matters to me. We didn't see that. So it's kind of nice to took- see it here the, I don't want to call it abuse because I don't think Bill was being abusive, but whatever animosity he felt towards Mulder, Mulder just sat there and took it. He felt, I, in my opinion, Mulder felt like he deserved that punishment. Yes. Yes. Once, you know, sorry, son of a bitch and Mm -hmm. all of that. Exactly. But yeah, you didn't really see Mulder make declarations like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I feel like we needed that. So it was nice to get to see that. Yeah. And, you know, you also have to imagine that this must have happened somehow right because they were both there and I like to think it is I feel like even if he wasn't staying at Bill's house he would have been there a lot and they would have been in the vicinity of one another for Mm -hmm. you know periods Mm -hmm. of time so like some sort of confrontation was inevitable yeah so this really tracks for me but it wasn't over the top which I liked I I wouldn't have I don't want to say Bill is more passive aggressive. I, I do think he he definitely states the way he feels, but it's not like aggressive aggressive. It wouldn't that wouldn't ring true to the show, the characters. So I thought it was, it yeah. was really well done. Yes, it's to me. It, I mean, like this should have been in an episode somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Please, and I really yeah. like the part where Bill's like, "Don't think I haven't noticed the way you look at her." Mm-hmm. Yes, and Mulder's like, "It isn't like that." Mulder replies automatically too quickly, his mouth full of his own traitorous tongue. He wonders just as quickly if, in fact, it's exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, I love that. That's so yep. good. <laughs> well, and then even Maggie after, right? Oh, uh, what does Maggie say? I don't remember. Uh, don't let Bill get under your skin. Maybe, and he goes, maybe I should, maybe I deserve it. And she goes, I think he's a bit jealous of the closeness you two share. He, oh, was, yeah. close, he was close with Melissa, but somehow he's never quite had that relationship with Dana. Mm-hmm. He doesn't let any of us in about a lot of things, but Bill takes it very personally. And I'm sorry to say his protective, his protectiveness tends to show itself in the worst kinds of ways. And then that's when he goes, I think I get it. I had the little sister once too. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's exactly it. I love seeing it spelled out like that because that's it in a nutshell. Like Bill is jealous of, I mean, obviously he's looking out for her well-being. Mm-hmm. But you can tell there's also some level of jealousy and you can understand that because she is such a private person. She doesn't even tell her own mom when she has cancer, mm-hmm. you know, she doesn't tell anyone anything. Yeah. Her family is always the last to know about everything. So, I mean, this all really seems like dead on. Mm-hmm. Well, she even says she cares about you, Fox, and I can see you care for her. That's all I need to know. And he's like, I'm going to go look for her. And she goes, you do that. I'm sure she wants you to find her. So like in this book, like she, you know, she sees what they, they mean to each other too. Right. Mm-hmm. And not as, isn't as angry as Bill. <laughs> what do you think of the conversation that they have in the sandbox? 
where they're actually trying to talk. Yeah. yeah. Which is refreshing. It's, it's weird. Cause they are and aren't at the same, like, <laughs> it's like vague little references, but that's how they talk. But it means, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, where is it? Where, where he goes, suddenly he knows like, like mm-hmm. he, that's when he knows he's in love with her. Right. Um, it's this whole like exchange that they have and all this stuff. Like it's really he loves her in the way he tried. He's mm-hmm. always tried to convince himself he doesn't. He loves her in the way that makes him want to protect her from any and all harm. Mm-hmm. He loves her in a way her big brother would murder him in his sleepover. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And now that he knows for sure, he also knows for sure that he's fucked. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was funny. Yeah. Is this the one where she says she doesn't want to die alone? Yeah, she was worried about, um, and then he sings her, he sings her joy to the world. And then an Elvis song. Where is it? She does sing, say it too. I, I think like it's I'm the right beginning. there, but I can't find it. I think it's at the beginning when he gets there, isn't it? Like they're, uh, hey, I'm, looking I'm always going it. to be here for you, Scully, he says. Hopes it's true. Hopes she will let it be true. You are not alone. But I don't see the part where she says that she doesn't want to be alone. Oh, here it is. She didn't die alone, Scully, he says gently. Mm. You were with her the whole time. I know that. She nods again. I know she didn't die alone. He can see tears in her eyes finally. He never wants to see them and desperately wants to, uh, wants to at the same time. But I'm terrified that I might. And then it goes on a bunch of different things. And then further down, that's where... He says that he's there for her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he sings to her. Mm-hmm. She, comforting. Tells she tells him the bunny story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we see her have that dream or that flashback, but right. she doesn't ever actually tell anyone. No. So I like that she describes it here to him because she has it in a dream during uh, Christmas Carol. Mm hmm. But yeah, she doesn't ever talk to anybody about it. She's opening up. Yes. Or trying to. Yes, trying. How do you two feel about the Kresge thing? I like, love do it. you see it? So in, yeah, this, okay. wait, in this fic or in general? In this both? fic, I found it weird. So, like, you found it came, weird. I, could, I mean, I think that's just like Jillian's acting though too. Like she has fucking chemistry with a cup. You know what okay. I mean? Like... <laughs> you know what I mean like she can just I feel I like she's in that. the show I know so look I love Arizona highways I mm-hmm. love that story and I'm all about the Scully other the Scully Kresge whatever but I I don't see it and I, like I watched the episode I'm like mm-hmm. okay I I think I see it more with Doggett than with Kresge but maybe she and Doggett just had more time together. More time. Yeah. yeah. I do see, I, I think I do see like an inkling of it. So like, I, okay, I, interesting. I enjoy the fix. This one, I, I, the him showing up like the next day or whatever. Yeah. Just to check on her. Partially burnt, you know, yeah. in his face and stuff from the thing. Um, I was kind of like, okay. <laughs> I, I like it because we all love Jealous Mulder. Oh, yeah. And oh, no, of course 100%. he's going to be. Of course, he's going to be jealous. Yes. And I even love how it walks through his thought process of like, hang on, I want to find the actual phrase because it's too good not to share. <laughs> but just, yeah, like jealous Mulder is always entertaining for me. So, you know, of course, I, I love that that was, you know, factored in here. 
Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be romantic jealousy. It could be like a partner jealousy too. Well, yeah, because she was working with another yeah. guy, you know, mm-hmm. and that normally would have been him, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, but I think actually, if we take a step back, like logistically, when they were writing this episode, they knew he was not going to be available. Duchovny was not going to be available because I think he was still filming a movie or something like that. Oh, okay. So they had to that. write an they had to write an episode without him. Mm. So you know they needed kind of another male lead or like another somebody for her to play off of as she's working this case, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I saw it in the I saw it in the in the episode. Maybe it was like on his end that he was trying. I don't know, but that's all of us. Yeah, looking but- at Jillian Anderson. Let's be real. Yeah. Well, even like in this fix, she's like, he's like, oh, um, forgot to mention Detective Kresge is at your house back on his feet. And her first thought was like, oh, was there like a development in the case? You're and, right. And he's like, no, she goes, he just came to see me, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what? <laughs> and then um, he's like, a suitor came to call. I like her response. It would never work. I'm an East Coast girl. Oh, As she's making an X in the sand with like her foot. I'm like, oh. It's like, it's like little teenage, teenage flirting, you know? (laughs) But then, okay, here. So uh, when Mulder's still back at the house and Kresge shows up, Mulder can hardly blame Bill for preferring this guy. Detective Kresge probably lives in a beachfront condo. Detective Kresge probably has a pension, probably a dog. Detective Kresge hasn't put her in a position to have to bury her children. So like, he's just beating himself up. Like he's jealous for no reason, number one. Right. And, and he's just totally, you know, self-flagellating. That rings true. Per usual. So I thought that was a good way to introduce a little bit of Mulder jealousy. And I do feel like it's plausible, right? Because Mulder knew she was working with this detective, local detective. So yeah, I enjoyed that element of the story I really liked that I'm not saying I didn't like it just to be clear I I enjoy that I guess I just didn't see it in the show yeah and other people she was I mean she was so distraught during all of this that like I don't think I don't think it was on her radar at all no I I think it was maybe on his radar I think I feel it more from yeah from his radar than her interesting and, and it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like lusting after her type of thing. It was more mm-hmm. like he was intrigued and just kind of like wanted to know more. And I do think he genuinely liked her too. Okay. Um, but yeah, like from her perspective, like, I don't think it was something that was on her mind because she right. was so wrapped up in the case and all of the developments. And there were a lot. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think there was enough interest from his side for me to kind of buy that, okay, maybe this is a thing that could have happened, at least from his side of things. And, you know, maybe if in some alternate universe or some Arizona highways type of scenario, Mm -hmm. he sort of pursued her or he expressed some sort of interest, then, you know, I could maybe see her reciprocating. Okay. I have to reread that. Which one? It's Arizona highways. It's been a while for me too. It's Mm -hmm. after reread yeah. It's next year or next season yeah that's gonna be a long one that's that's a that's good we better start that's now an, that's an episode on its own <laughs> you know it really is i would yeah. i don't think i'd cover anything else no. it, it deals with a lot melissa and yep uh slash other and emily yeah 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The one last like quote that I really, really enjoyed from yeah. Sandboxes. She'd been trying to interact with him. Oh no, next paragraph, sorry. They're so wrapped up in each other as a matter of course that it feels superfluous to try to separate the professional from the personal with Scully. Maybe that's why he rarely tries, mm-hmm. but maybe he should start trying. That I mean, isn't that just them? You mm-hmm. know, like, okay, they're platonic or they're, but they're married. Like, what are they? But they're just mm-hmm. them, you know? They're just they're everything just to each them. other. Yeah. They're just them, you know? They're closer than like most married people. But at the same time, there's things they don't do. So yeah. Communicate. Case in point. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, I just really love that line because that is just dead on. Yeah. I love <laughs> the characterization of this story. I love the character study yeah. of Bill and Mulder. What's going on with Scully? The two of them interacting. And this piece is long enough that you can actually really delve into that. That's true. It is one of our longer ones. So yeah, it's a must read. Must read. Thank you. Yeah. Dina, do you have anything else to add to that one? Uh, it was just funny. I, I actually really enjoyed like how how he comes to the realization like, holy shit, I'm in love with it. And like, he, he thinks back to like, Oh, uh, like during detour, right? Where she's like, it's raining sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. She came with the wine and cheese. She made that joke. He's like, yeah. how did I miss all of these signs? Right. And he's like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you fool. How did you? <laughs> he's too into the world. We would also just, like to know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I liked how, um, how it was written out here, like mm-hmm. each little thing. And, you know, at, like at first he thought he'd misheard her. She doesn't flirt back you know, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and just how he was so wrapped up in the X-Files and his world and he just kind of let them go and didn't even think about them. Yeah. And he's like, shit, he's in love with her. <laughs> this was good. Yeah. I liked it. It covered a lot of things. It kind of made you see Bill in a different way than, I mean, he's still a jerk and he's still whatever, but this is the first time we kind of see Mulder well, not see, I mean, you can, it's the interpretation of the writer, right? But where it's like, he actually connects with Bill mm-hmm. on that level of, I understand why you're a dick. I would be a dick too, if this was my sister and, mm-hmm. and it was like reverse roles and stuff. So yeah, no, these were all great. They all covered the same topic differently. If that makes everything, sense. Everything, everything like, came on, like encountered it with a slightly different angle. Yeah, you know, they yeah. all addressed it from a slightly different perspective. And mm-hmm. so- we sort of got so many different sides of things. Um, no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think the shorter one, it's like we said in the beginning of like, you can't really have a super long one just on these, you know, two episodes in a sense. Or like, it, like if you're going to cover Emily and it's going to be a longer story, I feel like it would go on and on. Like the fic would cover more time and not just that specific, you know, finding her, her death, her funeral. Right. And it would end there. I think a longer fic would just have to be continued on in the season so they were all i think they were all like a perfect a perfect amount and the two long ones were really good too all right and let's move on to the last one uh last but not least i should say we have just east of the pacific by slip and mickey's that one is rated mature and it's just under 1800 words and i freaking love it mm-hmm. the end no uh- <laughs> Listen to it and read it. No, that sums it up. Yeah, (laughs) it's been a blast. It's been a blast. Yeah, it's Uh, it's recorded, right? Somebody recorded it. I believe I recorded it Mm -hmm. a while ago. Yes. Okay. It's such a 
I mean, it's such a perfect one. It's such an amazing one. And I remember when she wrote it. Oh yeah. I was like, yeah. Um, it's, let's see. It's a relatively, well, I was going to say new, but I guess it's about three years now. So I don't know. It Is that new? It was written <laughs> in 2020. Mm. It didn't it doesn't seem like that long ago. It does not. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. And no. um, yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. So I, yeah, it absolutely belongs among the ranks of the ones we've discussed. Yeah. And it's so, like you said, it's so appropriate. It's so perfect. It really fits right in. Uh, all right, we, let, let's talk about this fic a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this is, again, Mulder and Scully after Emily's funeral, and they are at the Pacific Ocean, and I, Mulder is waiting in the car for her while Scully has her, her quiet moment. And she gets back in the car and says, take me to your hotel, mm-hmm. which of course takes Mulder by surprise, but he does as he's told. And um, they go back to the hotel and have mad, crazy, sexy sex. Mm-hmm. It's desperate, but not quite as desperate as some of the other ones that we've read. And I do feel like this one's more hopeful than some of the yes. other ones. But it's filled it with definitely lovely imagery. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to put that in there. Yes, totally agree. And oh, the rat's back. Aww. Um, <laughs> the. <laughs> I think he wants to be part of the podcast. Aw, rat I boy. I think he does. Done. Rat boy. <laughs> He's our mascot. Right? Yes. There you go. Um, so what I was going to say, though, um, is that this fic falls more on the more intimate side of the spectrum. Definitely. Versus, you know, the like impersonal where she just needs a body type of thing. But this is definitely more where she's looking for a connection. She's not just looking for a release. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can kind of see that in their interactions. And then the fact that like they both fall asleep together and they, they kind of snuggle up together and she like is holding his hand and you could tell that like, she is absolutely seeking out his comfort and letting him comfort her. Mm -hmm. You're talking about at the end where they're cuddled up together. Yeah. 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 And almost in a, healthier way than some yes. of the other fix. Yes. That's you a know? great yes. point, Dina. Yeah. Like it's, yes, it's still the, the same concept of having sex and helping yourself, like forget about it and whatever, but it's definitely like Lynn had said too, but it does, it's a, it's a healthier way of doing it in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> and they had, I feel like a lot of unspoken communication sort of in the beginning because you know, a couple of times he was like, like when she first said, take me to your hotel, he's like, Scully. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she just kind of like gives him a look and then repeats herself and it becomes clear to him like, okay, yeah, this, she means it. This is, you know, this is what she needs. And then when they get there, he's like, no, not like this. Yeah. But, and even though she doesn't say anything, her body language is conveying to him and her like, I guess, expression and her eyes are conveying to him that like, no, I need this. Mm-hmm. We all and do. So he's like, <laughs> well, and it's not as we impersonal as which one was it where he tried to like hold her face and she pushed him away. They were on the floor at Bill's house, which of the last 
<laughs> 10 that we read now I'm, now I'm starting to mix them up but like it's 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 not as impersonal as the other ones like there is that like you said that connection and that the feelings there are actual feelings there other than anger and sadness mm-hmm. yes yeah. yes definitely the one you're talking about that was the amal it was the second to last um one before this mm-hmm. no comfort for the numb is that what it was called god i feel so bad i think so i mean we did go through 10 i know this was a crazy long list yeah (laughs) and and the thing is like we could have easily found 10 more i mean definitely yeah so many on this topic at a certain point you have to restrict yourself you're like that this is this is enough yeah 10 is good yeah yeah it's a good number yes for sure but um but yeah so that really resonated with me the fact that you know she was open to being comforted by him Mm -hmm. and she was showing him not ever actually saying it at all but just showing him what she needed and he reciprocates you know that was really lovely um there's this one quote that i have here he reaches out and takes her face in his hands rubbing his thumbs up once over her cheekbones and looking into her eyes they're pleading but not desperate and he can read in them that she wants him to make her feel something anything but what she's been feeling the past few days sorry not my best reading there, but (laughs) so she does, she wants an escape, but it's healthier. And as you said, Lynn, more intimate and she doesn't pull away when he tries to be more tender Mm -hmm. with her, which I think is really sweet. Mm -hmm. It is because she deserves to be comforted. And we all know that her personality doesn't usually let her, you know, yield to that, but it's nice to see It's nice to see it happen in thick occasionally. (laughs) But she, um, she's still conflicted and she's still dealing with it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty clear when, um, Casey says he didn't tell her about her own Ova and she wants to forgive him, but can't, she wants to hit Mm -hmm. him, but can't, she wants to fuck him to drive away her anger and anguish with a night of wanton recklessness, but won't. She never does anything she should, not when it comes to him. Mm-hmm. And so she, there's there's a lot of conflict within, within her as well, which I think yes. is, yeah, true. True to the character, true to the storyline. Yeah. I mean, they definitely have a lot to work out. And I kind of almost look at it like, you know, him doing that for her. I mean, not that, you know, he didn't also benefit from it. But, you know, at first he's hesitant and he's like, no, you know, not like this. and then eventually he gives in and he's, I guess, trying to make up for whatever small part of the injustice that's happened to her. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to kind of make up for that and give her whatever it is that she needs and trusting her to know what she needs, not trying to make any more decisions for her. You know, that's really, I guess that's all he can do at that point. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, I'm sure they still have a lot of things to work out. Right. You can tell that probably a big discussion was coming after this, but for now, yes, this yes. was a good start to the healing process. Yeah, totally. Well, she even compares like uh, in that beginning part after she goes, like she flashes on Ed Jersh, the oh, yeah. in her skin, St. Mm-hmm. Anthony's fire in her blood. Oof. That same brash, foolhardy feeling runs like claret. I don't know if I'm saying that right through her veins, perhaps it's grief, right? So even she makes the, the connection of, of like, is this, you know, a good decision? <laughs> because, you know, yeah. just to bookend the other, the other um, 
uh, quote you had. She doesn't, you know, sometimes make the correct decisions when she's feeling things. So I liked that she acknowledged that, you know, Mm. I liked whenever we see, you know, her inner thoughts and she acknowledges that, okay, maybe I don't make the best decisions Mm -hmm. in these types of situations, but this is what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you need a release. Yeah. And you need something to help you forget. It was cute. The imagery of like her, um, when Casey wrote, I think when she was taking off his jacket or even going to kiss him, she's standing on his feet to be like, I love even, that. even like, like a little bit taller. I'm like, oh, I can totally see that because their actual height difference is ridiculous. But <laughs> I love that. And it's funny that I don't think I've seen that happen anywhere else. No. And yet it seems like something that could maybe happen just because of said height difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally love that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. I really like that it's kind of bookended with my father is in the Atlantic, she thinks. Oh. And then down at the bottom, it says again, her father is in the Atlantic and Emily is in the stars. Scully is earthbound, but free. And it kind of goes on from there, but it was yeah. very lovely. And of course she'd be thinking about yeah. her dad or maybe others who have passed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was very appropriate. Yeah. And especially being in the Pacific where, you know, she probably, she grew up for a while with her dad and probably had been stationed there. And yeah, she probably can't not think about her family when she's there, you sure. know, oh, being yeah. that that's sort of her hometown. I'm sure all of that was on her mind as well. Well, and I mean, the way that it, it started, right, about the the Pacific pushing at her, like turning her away from its embrace, um, and then ending with what you said, like it's, you know, the, and the coldness too, like usually the, I think it's the Pacific, isn't it? Ocean is usually a bit colder, or is it the Atlantic? Uh, it's, I think they're both pretty cold. Yeah. <laughs> Lynn is just cold. I, but- it just depends where you are on it. What's the I... warmest ocean? <laughs> What's the warmest ocean? The Pacific cool. Ocean. The waters of the Pacific Ocean oh. comprise the world's That's largest opposite. heat reservoir by far, and it is the warmest ocean overall of the world's five oceans. Mm, okay. That's actually very shocking. How... Of Can all five oceans? That? Wow. Wait, I guess five so... oceans? <laughs> you know, I'm saying of all five of them, that one's the warmest. That's that's, that's actually a bit shocking. What did you I think, think would be the warmest? I, think I don't know. Not that one. <laughs> I don't understand any of this. Um, I think, okay, my theory, it's just because it's the biggest ocean. That's my theory. So there's more opportunities for it to be warmer? Yeah. And maybe more of it is around the equator and less of it is around the poles. Because mm-hmm. like... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but I wonder if it has long- anything to do with the ring of fire as well. Anyway, this is not an, Tangent, an ocean. No. Yeah, this is not an oceans podcast. National okay. Geographic. <laughs> not geo. The, nope. The Pacific along the U.S. West Coast is very cold, though. Mm-hmm. I do know. I do know that. It's I feel like cold. that's what I was thinking about. Not in okay. general. Yeah. It's definitely cold. And I know the Atlantic is too above a certain latitude, but like obviously in Florida, it's not cold. Oh, it's oh, it's soup in Florida. Oh my god, <laughs> soupy how, and yeah, warm. That's how the, 
the golf is the same way. It's a, it's like a bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, except in the winter, but you know, you're probably not swimming in the winter, but in the summer, it's an absolute bathtub. Oh, have you not heard of people who do those polar? The cold swimming? Oh, the polar, yeah. polar dips? No. What, is that what it is when you go swimming in the cold? It's called a polar dip. Oh no, this is literally just like a dip and out. No, these people go swimming. Anyway, again, not about oceans. No. We're getting really sidetracked. <laughs> we are. We can we can get this. That's what happens when you're tired and loopy. Yes. We're just I haven't even had anything place. to drink yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I heard a yet. Yet. We gotta get back on track with Casey. I know. I I'm like, so I feel bad. like I'm like, I feel like we like, what do we do? Like two minutes? And then... I think it was well, more than two minutes. It was more. It's it's a shorter work, but it is. you know, I mean we we pretty much summed it up, you know. I think Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, that's what that's another thing. Like it's it's Yeah. And it's not really sad like the other ones that we've read. Yes, it is. I it's, think Annie did you use the word hopeful. Yeah. I very much feel like it is a hopeful piece and it ends on a hopeful note, even as it starts on a very bleak note. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's the like more of the sand imagery like the heavy wet sand and you know it starts on a note where you're just like I'm not sure which way this is going to go but then it ends on a very hopeful note where you know she was able to be comforted Mulder was able to help her and they both are sort of I guess committing to each other to work through this yeah and support support each other through it and it does say that serenity is easing into its place and she Mm -hmm. she's being helped by the faith of a good man and all of that is really sweet Yes, that's definitely a very, very positive, uplifting ending. I think this might be the most hopeful one that we've read. I yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. I this think one makes so. me feel I mean, kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even the end where, where you would assume like she would wake up and be standoffish or, or want to put distance between them or right. like that. She actually doesn't. She does the opposite of, you know, just kind of staying in bed with them and you know, his leg is between hers and she's, he's curled up with her and she's just comfortable and, and accepting it and accepting the help and the support. Letting him be there for her. Yeah. Which usually in the show, she doesn't, you know, she's very. I'm uh, fine. Yeah. yeah. Independent. Yeah. Independent. That's the word. Yeah. I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I, I want this to be my headcanon for how it happened their first time, but I just mm-hmm. don't, it's too soon in the series for me, but I like, I like this idea. I'm not. Yeah. And I yeah. it's just not my personal head canon. I mean, I could see it as yeah. a first time that doesn't count, if that makes any sense. Like a first time, oh. like, out of, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? This one right? doesn't like, count. Like the emotional, like some of these mm-hmm. other things. I'm like, I can see this, you know, I can see some of it happening. I can see them, you know, having sex for the first time because of this. Or even how some people have said, like, um, when Mulder's um, mom dies. And yes. you know, that could be potentially... Like I can see their first time not being just about them getting together and getting their shit yes. together. More of a comfort. Being thing. a couple. Yeah. I can yeah. Kind of see it being as a one-off and then eventually. It's almost hard to imagine that not happening when you think about the shit yeah. that they have gone through. Yeah. And there's times where they, they like literally have nowhere else to turn, you know, mm-hmm. and when everything is just awful. It's because who else is going to understand this? No one. And no one yeah no one even believes a lot of the stuff that they have seen so Mm -hmm. they can't possibly understand how traumatizing and intense and you know crazy all of this stuff is 
I don't find it hard to get to a place where you think, okay, yeah, maybe once or twice or three times they slipped somehow and, you know, something happened and it was purely out of just desperation and physical, the need for, you know, comfort and closeness and some kind of comfort when everything's awful. But then afterwards, they're just like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Would they even acknowledge it to each other? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the premise of incrementum, right? You know, we were talking about that before right. about, and there's all these instances, eventually it evolves, but like in the beginning, I think the first few chapters, it's like, they are just seeking comfort from each other mm-hmm. from at various times. But then every time they're like, shoot, it happened again. Okay. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> this was the last time. Well, there's so much, like so much death, so much health, you know, potential death of the the characters as well you know like the whole cancer arc and family death like so many dark things that they've all gone through like there's got to be either that or become alcoholics like I don't know what else (laughs) yeah or like something has to get something no but you know what I mean you have to cope somehow I don't know you know without having an outlet of some sort I don't know and it's vices in the end that's what it comes down to right vices that help you kind of cope so Unless you're actually Everyone. going to commit to a therapist, which I don't think. Don't be ridiculous, Annie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be crazy. Yeah, Why would that they would do be something nuts. so healthy and productive. <laughs> <laughs> On a government of all the possibilities, like we know that one's not happening. Okay. Yeah. yeah everything else is much more likely. <laughs> all right. I I think I think we're good. I think we've covered them. I think we did it. Normally I ask a marathon, a marathon. Yeah. You know, I do find this harder to do 10 short ones Mm -hmm. than one or two long ones. Yeah. No less fun, but a little more challenging, more challenging. I mean, obviously you can't focus on each one as much. Sure. And Um, there's not as much to focus on. Yeah. They're all shorter. So there's less to focus on. So, but it's a different, it's just a different way of doing it so it was kind of cool to it was fun use this approach normally I ask on a scale of (laughs) wasteland to uh oh my god heart's desire heart's desire I think yeah but I didn't do that for this because there were so many no we couldn't but yeah I'm just gonna say I personally just recommend them all there's not one on yeah that I would say eh it's more It's not for me. It's, it's more of a, a wasteland. It's they're They're all just, they were really solid and different and fun ways to explore fun <laughs> in quotes. Uh, explore a dark topic. Yeah. I don't know what I mean by uh, something not fun, but you know. Yeah. Enjoyable. Well, that makes enjoyable. it enjoyable. <laughs> insert adjective, insert appropriate <laughs> insert. adjective there, please. Someone figure it out for me. But um, yeah, I don't know about you, Dina and Lynn. I agree. They I, were all they yeah. were all great. They were yeah, great finds. And uh, I was also shocked at how different they all were, considering they all covered the same topic. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that was pretty cool cer- to see. Yeah, and even though certain like events repeated in some of the fix, they were all different the way they were written and interpreted as well. So great comment, like great great finds. Yeah, I fully echo everything you guys said. I recommend all of them. I mean, if you're here, then you automatically probably like the angsty stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, you know, for anyone who is interested in that, all of these have something to offer. You know, some are more bleak, some are more hopeful. 
but they all have something to offer and they're all unique and interesting and entertaining. And each of them is special in its own way. So they're definitely all worth reading. Mm-hmm. Well put. Yeah. And as a Thank reminder, you. read all four parts of yes. that drown. That oh yeah. The series. series. That series. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's good. Yeah. I like it actually. It's, a, it's, I, I don't think I've read that. Like I mentioned before and I was like, Oh, this is a nice take. This is different. I, yeah. I and, love it, all and of it. Was it was different. I love all of her work. Um, and I like that series. It's pretty dark at times. Mm-hmm. It, the, I don't want to give anything away. No. I'm, no. So I'm not going to say any more than that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it scratches that, it scratches that itch, you know. The fix it um, itch. Yeah. And it's just really well written. Um, so, you know, obviously the part about Emily was the part we read and discussed and that's all good, but the whole series is really good too. So mm-hmm. definitely hit that. Great recommendation. All right. Thank you. And I think on that note, we're done, right? Yep. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Supersized Darkest Timeline. Supersized. That is true. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye. 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 It's the darkest time. It's the darkest time. It's the darkest time. It's the darkest time.